Hey, folks, and welcome to Hey Adora, your queer Shira podcast. I'm Force Captain Meth, they them. And I'm Princess Jenny, she, her. And I am so excited to do this episode. Yes! This is a long time coming. We're so happy. We're so happy. Today's episode is Princess Scorpia. Yes, we made Princess it to Scorpia. We made it to Scorpia's room. Princess Scorpia is season four, episode six. It is written by Laura Shrebney. Uh Storyboards by Diane Ha, Angela Kim, Sharon Sun, and Sam Szymanski, and directed by Kiki Manrique. Nice. Thank you. Yay, Scorpia! 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 Out on her own. Getting her thing done, breaking Brave, away. Loyal and great hugs. We love you, Scorpia. Oh, oh yes, and your we thing. do. I am so excited about this episode because who doesn't love Scorpia? And I love her. And Scorpia, you know, gets her groove back. Yeah. You know, I mean, she owns. Is it fair to say she gets her groove back? I think she gets her groove in a way that she's never had it before. Yeah, she she gets her groove. She she, she stands up for her her really score. Finds her footing. She finds her footing. She finds her sting. Yes. She, she clamps finds, her clamps. Yes, she clamps her clamps. She finds she, her scorpion footprints. We love her. Yes, she and claims love. she claims her badassery in in a truly deep way. You know, like she she knows who she is and you know, she steps into her true path. And oh my gosh. Her true I'm path so on her way to her awesome true love that is waiting for her. On the other side of the fight, we'll get there. Aww, we'll get I there. I found but... out some awesome trivia facts about Scorpia that will relate to some future episodes. I'm very excited. Yes. I have some wonderful facts not about scorpia that i'm very excited to share all right so should we let's dive get right in? on with it let's dive right in we wake up in scorpia's room yeah we do and we have an establishing shot on scorpia's little dresser altar mm-hmm. with a picture of baby scorpia with her two moms yes tall her- and small Tall mom and small mom. We of love course. it. Love to see love it. Love to see it. Um, I am in. Uh, I am the small one in the queer couple that I am in. Love I mean, me a tall there's girl. There's not that big of a difference between you two. I wouldn't uh, call you a tall and small couple. It's like four inches. Really? It's not that yeah. noticeable. I have a large presence. You do. You do yes. have a large presence. I have a large presence. Yes. Anyway. Um, so we have b- picture baby Scorpia with her two moms, uh, her force captain badge, her crystal. She's got her crystals out on her yeah. altar. And they're all they look red. Like- and that makes me wonder if they're possibly Scorpion family heirloom crystals because they like I match thinking- her color scheme. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Or like, you know, like that's their whole thing. Black garnety, red crystally things. Yes. And she's got this little like this eggy geode thing that also yeah. could be part of. Yeah. The, like, yeah family heirloom yeah, yeah. scorpion thingy um, there's one thing fancy- that i suspect is not a family heirloom and that's her little scorpion stuffy i know i love i that. love so much i want one i also want one if you make them let us know yes we will put in an order for we'll two of those immediately order. one more thing that is visible on the altar or the bureau or whatever it is it's her crimson waist buddy vest that Catra gave her. 
It is the last thing on the desk. We have the dress-up necklace and the vest. So it's like all of the things that kind of make Scorpia Scorpia. So we have this establishing shot of personal possessions in her wicked spot in horde existence. Yep, and she has them as like her own personal altar to herself. So we open up the episode. Yeah, Yeah, we have the open. We kind of open up the episode seeing the objects of Scorpia. That's right. Just. Scorpia. So, and I love it. I love it too. And I have a question for you, Meth. Yeah. Where do you think Scorpia's moms are? I don't know. I have a couple of like theories that like we get to a tiny bit of exposition about like how Scorpia became part of the horde without the rest of the family a little bit later in the episode. Yeah. So, do you want to put a pin in that for now and we'll talk about let's it later a, when we yeah, get to let's put Horror a, Hall? We can talk about that. Yeah, when okay. we get to Horror Hall, okay. we'll talk about that. Because okay. what? Yeah. Hor- yeah. Okay. But yeah, let's definitely put a pin in that okay. because I have some thoughts. Okay. Maybe feelings, but definitely thoughts. Okay. I think I have feelings. I always have some feelings. We definitely have plenty of squishy feelings. We definitely have feelings. So okay. we we go past the establishing shot of Scorpia's altar of her little Scorpia things. And we go to Scorpia asleep in her bed beneath a few adorable pictures that are taped to the headboard that we're assuming that she drew. There's one yeah. of her, one of Catra, mm-hmm. and one little that's a little too abstract to tell. And then we have this fun little loopy zoom loop in on Scorpia's sleeping drooly face. It's so cute. I feel like anytime someone is shown asleep and drooling, that typically denotes innocence. Like her sleep uh-huh. is untroubled. Yes, you know? yes, it's deep and untroubled. Yes. Yes. And then, boop, good morning, world. Force Captain Scorpia reporting for duty. And she just shoots right out of bed. Yep, she literally throws off the covers and salutes the empty room. <laughs> she's out. <laughs> I, I, I love that she's like a bound out of bed person. That, that, that checks out with everything we've pretty oh, yeah. much figured out yeah, and learned about Scorpia. We could have guessed that she is a morning person. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I noticed something really small that totally doesn't matter, but it's a it's an animation inconsistency. So she jumps ooh, out of those. bed wearing her full uniform with her force captain badge. But we just saw her force oh. captain badge sitting on the shelf. You're right. And for for we don't you're Maybe right. Maybe that was her backup badge. I was in thinking case she backup badge is her first one. I was thinking backup badge, but we also never have any like we never have any proof that they have backup badges. I mean, it's not important. But, I mean, yeah, but I, I guess. Good call. Good shot. I just noticed it for the first time on this watch because I was looking so closely, scrutinizing every detail. As you do. Mm-hmm. As you do. Jenny, excellent catch. Thank you. Do you. Are you a bound out of bed person? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Dear God, yeah. I am the literal opposite. I, I I know this. Yeah, I, I I am at my best if I am allowed to wake up slowly without anyone trying to talk to me. Yes, I am actually pretty decent in the morning. I I don't know how that happens, but I I can get out of bed and have a decent amount of energy in the morning. Yeah, I chalk it all up to natural biorhythms. Sure, you know, because my yeah. dad is the same as I am. Or na- yeah. like my natural biorhythm, if I am left alone and I don't have to adhere to any outside cycle, my natural biorhythm is to like stay up pretty wicked late and then sleep 
mm-hmm. you know, th- through the mid-morning. And then I'll wake up naturally, like, mid-morning <laughs> if no one yeah. bothers me. Yeah. Like, that's just what my yeah. body naturally wants to do. And so if mm-hmm. I'm forced to wake up earlier, I can make it happen. Like, I had a job for eight years where I had to wake up at 5 a.m. every day, and I was able to do that. And I was able to do it without a lot of drama because everybody else was asleep. So I did not have to talk to anybody for the first, like, hour and a half that I was awake. Right. So it didn't bother me. I didn't have to try to, like, interface. <laughs> interface with people, with yeah. With the world in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, that was right. a big help. So I think Scorpio is just blessed to be a natural morning person. She is. She She's cannot so wait bubbly. to dive into her morning routine. Do you want to tell the people about Scorpio's morning routine? Well, I love I love Scorpio's morning routine. First, she good mornings to the world. Yes, as we cue the swell of upbeat music. Can't forget that. And so we have this wonderful upbeat like music, montage music, and and she checks off everything as she does it out loud. So out loud, by the way, she says and she says the word check. Yes, even better. So she goes to the mirror. She picks at her teeth. She you know she does a fabulous check. Right. Mm -hmm. She's like looking sharp. Check. You know, she does her own daily affirmation. Mm-hmm. You know, she breathes in the new breathing in the new day. Mm-hmm. Check. Savoring you know. the very air. As if this like stale right. hoard air is like, you know, fresh as the seaside. Yep. Yep. It, you know, it's it powers her every day. Then she makes her bed and check. then she feeds check then she feeds emily which i love this part because it is like the most little kid logic ever like when i was a kid i totally thought that robots ate nuts and bolts and drank oil of course so like that's perfect kid logic and she's not totally makes sense emily eats but she's gonna feed her anyway just in case but she's gonna she's gonna feed her anyway and you know she does you know some stuff happens but we're gonna roll back to that but just for more of her her daily stuff she does her daily affirmation in the mirror you know that's her day but she is a little bit interrupted in her her day because well emily knocks something off her dresser and kind of Mm -hmm. reminds kind of throws off her little morning routine Mm -hmm. a little bit injects a little bit of of melancholy into it so to speak and this also introduces us to the fact that scorpia converses regularly with emily emily is basically her best (laughs) friend now yeah, yeah, like best friend pet. Like I talk to my pets like best like friend this. pet, but also like at a certain point we do get some pretty substantial proof that she actually does understand Emily. Yes, yes. Um, so like and, Emily, and is Emily both understands her, pet her and her best friend at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like this is you know her main confidant, like the only mm-hmm. person that she can like relax and be herself with. Hmm. So it's a little bit melancholy, but it's also like a little bit of Scorpia just sort of being herself. Like she picks up the vest that Emily knocks over and she starts telling her about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, pretty cool, huh? Catcher gave it to me. It's kind of our thing. Yep. And Emily beep boops some hard truths at her. Yep, yep, yep. And, and Scorpia's like, I know, I know. She said we're not friends anymore, but she didn't mean it. And maybe I misheard her. There was a lot right. going on. There was a cannon. It's true. And, and I mean, was. who knows? It's, there yeah. was a cannon. So we see very clearly the headspace that she's in at the beginning of the episode. Right. She's still fully 100% supporting Catra. Catra can do no wrong. Catra can say no wrong. Scorpia is going to be on Catra's side. 
Right. And Scorpia is phenomenal at rationalizing things. Yes. Like we've seen this throughout the entire series that she's yes. especially the abuse that's just continuously tossed at her. Yeah, I mean that's her survival mechanism. That's her survival mechanism. And her yeah. last affirmation before she leaves her room is push down doubts I'm... and insecurities. Yep. Check. Uh, uh, and you know, it's it's uh, painful. It but, is. But you know, it, it is preferable to not surviving. Yep. But she does have a good positive affirmation when she walks out, which she is She sure does. I, I am brave, strong, loyal, and I give great hugs. That's right, Scorpio, you fucking do. And those are see those are great because those are great positive affirmations because they're actual positive affirmations and they're like actual like tangible things. They're not like toxic positivity stuff that's right it's not rationalization it's not like denial of anything they are actual things that she does that are positive qualities and you know she does have some self-awareness of who she is that's right and pride in that that's the core of who she is yep and she's gonna be the best friend that she can be that's right and that is her drive through the whole episode is how can scorpia be the best friend that she can be that's her drive through the whole episode and more broadly, like through the whole series and through her whole life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Scorpio so just wants to be good friends with people. As she finishes giving herself <laughs> these final affirmations, door yep. opens. <laughs> fucking chaos. Total fucking chaos. Chaos. Ah! It seems like all the Horde soldiers have completely lost their shit. Oh, just are they all looting? over the place. Are they just running around in terror because they're afraid if they don't follow Catra's instructions fast enough, she's going to murder them? I just think it's a general shit show Unclear. there, honestly. It's a general shit show. That is correct. And and apparently one of the things that is being said is Daryl seriously. So not only does Kyle suck, but Daryl oh, also I sucks. I did not pick up on that. Um, And this is actually going to lead to my Professor Smartbrain moment about something I know about this time. Oh, great. Let's hear it. So, actually, before you before you do the the Professor Smart Brain moment, sorry, let's back that up a tiny bit because there's only one line left in this scene. The last line, Scorpio takes in all this chaos. Oh, okay. And she just says, "Yep, today will be a great day." Ah, good like, job, Scorpio. You know, she is not deterred by any of this. She's maintaining nope. her positive attitude. She's maintaining her positive attitude. But so that's the whole scene, and then we go to the credits. That's the whole scene, so and then we I go to the credits. I would love to know what in all of this is worthy of a Professor Smartbrain moment. Cool. So we're going to back up about th- two seconds before when Scorpio opens the door and n- witnesses utter and complete chaos everywhere. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she hears this scream. Ah! That's my impression of the scream. Jenny, do you know what the name of that scream is? I do, but I have no idea what it means. It's called a Wilhelm scream. It is called the Wilhelm so scream. So tell me what it means, please. My Professor Smart Brain moment is about the Wilhelm scream. I'm stoked on this. So this is the Wilhelm scream, and this is what it sounds like. <laughs> so the Wilhelm scream is used literally everywhere, and I'm going to get into the whys and the hows and stuff in a moment. But let's first chat about the origins. So the scream, the scream itself was first recorded in 1951 for the Warner Brothers American Florida Western, okay, whatever, Distant Drums, 
which is a deeply historically inaccurate and racist take back the fort, which in this case is from the Seminoles story during the second Seminole war of the 1840s. It's essentially just a, an excuse to be racist. Yeah, it sounds wicked racist. Western. Yeah, it's wicked racist. I mean, I don't know why you would film a movie about Florida and call it a Western, but whatever. So it was widely believed to be recorded by... Okay, this is nuts. So it was widely believed to be recorded by actor, comedian, writer, director, and singer-songwriter. His name is Sheb Woolley. The dude's name is Sheb Woolley. <laughs> That's he a had... very 1950s Hollywood name. Okay, so this dude's career is nuts. He had a crazy long successful career as like a literal all-around entertainer. He recorded 18 albums. He had multiple number one hits, including one you may have heard called Purple People Eater. <gasps> Sheb Woolley wrote Purple People Eater? He wrote Purple People Eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater sure looks strange to me. I know that one. Yeah, uh, he was in, uh, you know, has at least 63 film and TV acting credits under his belt. And I haven't even dug into the rest of this dude's career, but he was incredibly prolific. But anyway, I digress. The original name of this recording was Man Getting Bit by an Alligator and He Screams. <laughs> Which is not it's very a good catchy. reason to scream. Sure. I mean, it, it's a pretty apt name. So it was recorded for a scene where a soldier fleeing a Seminole warrior... Uh, was running through a swamp and the soldier was bitten and dragged underwater by an alligator. This is the sound I would probably make. I'm sure. So in this film, uh, Wooly did play this character, but this character's name was not Wilhelm. Hmm. So how did it get dubbed the Wilhelm Scream? Well, we'll get there. Okay. So why is it the Wilhelm scream? Well, Warner Brothers reused a bunch of their old sound effects because it was really expensive to record sound effects back in the day. Um, so the name of the sound effect is actually taken from a character from another film that oh. this actor played. Oh. So he was in a character, this same actor played a character named Private Wilhelm in another movie in Saving 1953. Private Wilhelm? Saving Private Wilhelm, no. <laughs> Named, uh, the, the other movie was called The Charge at Feather River. But the name still, it still didn't have the, the name of the Wilhelm scream. It was just, probably just that dude screaming. Again. Okay. So, but it was, the scream sound effect just kept getting used over and over again by Warner Brothers for other films it was in. Sure, I it mean, was, it makes sense. Sure, it was used in, the 1954 Judy Garland movie A Star is Born. Hmm. Uh, it was used in Sam Peckinpah's The Wild Bunch. I don't know that one. It is a notoriously bloody 1969 like anti-Western Western. Uh, but it really kind of came into like its iconic pop culture status because of one man whose name is Ben Burt. So who is Ben Burt? Who is Ben Burt? Ben Burt is the original sound designer for Star Wars. Oh. Yeah. Well, any, any Star Wars sound that you've ever heard was designed by Ben Burt. So. Indeed. Lasers and lightsabers pew, and pew, pew. all of the things. Breathings and all of the things. That's all Ben Burt. So he was digging through the archives 
and was looking for something to put a in good Star Wars. A throated scream. A, a good full-throated screen. So the scene in Star Wars where it is first, the, the original Star Wars, A New Hope, or just plain old Star Wars for us old guys, is where Luke Skywalker and Leia are on a ledge. And Luke shoots a stormtrooper on an opposite ledge from the ledge. There's a yeah, lot of ledge lot shooting of ledge, and falling. Ledges, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of ledges and falling and stuff. And that is the first use of the Wilhelm scream in Star Wars. And he is actually the person that named it the Wilhelm scream. Aha. And so he not only like kind of brought it into like a modern, like kind of a more contemporary um, mm-hmm. popular Made cultural. It to us today. Yeah, he also named it that. And he put it, it's his, his signature and he put it in a bunch of his movies. Well, damn. I mean, he put it in Indiana Jones, he put it in Willow, he put it all, because he worked with George Lucas, so we like he put it in all of those. But other sound designers kept picking it up because it's so distinct, and it's kind of goofy. So other sound designers kept picking it up and putting it in as kind of Easter eggs to communicate with right, each other. Right, right. Um, and he's, so here's another fun fact. It's been in every single Star Wars movie up to Force Awakens. Interesting. Which I think it's fun. I yeah. bet it was. I, I, this is probably very telling about my um, pop culture grounding, but I think I know it, but I think I know it from Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. It was definitely used it, in Spaceballs. I'm sure it was used in Spaceballs as a reference oh, yeah. back to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that sound designers and, and film nerds use now as kind of a like a wink nudge to people right, in the know. Of course. Um, and or as like a stylistic thing, like Ben Burt would put it in, and it would be his signature. He's like, okay, it was in Raiders, like you know, Raiders were the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones throws a Nazi off a truck, and you hear it. Like it's often used when somebody is like falling off a cliff or right, like being right. thrown off of something or like there's an explosion and you see a body going through the air. Like that's right. often when it's used. And even for people who don't recognize it, it still works. It's just a good scream. Yeah, it's a good scream and it's kind of goofy and right. it's really recognizable. Right. So, and it is so, so, so ubiquitous. I tried to find like a comprehensive list of where it's used. I there is no it's, such list. It's, imp- it's impossible. Uh, numbers I have seen are up to 520 uses of it. Like it, but that's like barely scratching the surface. Yeah. yeah. So that's wild. Y- it's if you've watched anything ever, including the show, which I'm assuming that you have, you have heard the Wilhelm scream. Is not my Professor Smart Review moment yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. Hold on. I'm going to put a link in the uh, episode notes to the Wikipedia article, which is really cool because it has the original recording of the actual um, the recording session for this. From our buddy Sheb. From from our buddy Sheb, the man getting bit by alligator and he screams. So it has the original like it's the fifth take so it has all of the takes oh. of the other screams and it's literally like you know how when we joke on the right. show where it's like can you make your oomph a little more oomph yes it's literally somebody doing you know directing an actor right. being like i don't think that scream is really there's not enough there, you not know you don't need in it yeah exactly so you can being bitten by an alligator <laughs> Exactly. So you can actually hear that. And it's on the it's on the Wikipedia page, but I'll put in a link to it anyway. That's absolutely um, wild. It's so fun. So that is my Professor Smart Brain moment on the Wilhelm scream. Oh, 
And that is my impression of the Wilhelm scream. Thank you, you Professor Smartbrain. Thank you. Jenny, what's your impression? I have to do one too? Um, Well, what the hell? Why not? Ah! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is the perfect example of the type of information nugget that will live in my brain forever, even though it is totally useless information and serves no purpose. Like, I will never forget this. I will never forget Sheb. Yeah. Sheb Wooly. Yeah. Who wrote One-Eyed, One-Horned, Flying People, Purple People Eater. Sure looks strange to me. And then did, ah! Yeah. Those two things definitely go well together. (laughs) They really do. I was a flying Purple People Eater one year for Purim. Oh, that's really cute. It was really easy. I just got a purple tutu, and then I got like a little alien bobblehead headband. Headband, yeah. And then I just did purple um, paper mache over it, and it had a little eyeball on the top. That's adorable. It was fun. Low maintenance. Uh, I'm a fan of low maintenance costumes. I love low maintenance costumes. All right. So all of that before the credits. Yes. That was a really, really fun opening scene. That was. Like, I don't think you could be any more excited for an episode based on an opening scene. It was a really good opening scene. It was really well paced. It's really funny. We have the Wilhelm scream. Everything everything you needed. Yes. And just as after the Wilhelm scream, just as Scorpia squares up hands on hips and says, yep, today will be a great day. And then there's a giant explosion and the screen fills with smoke. Oh, yeah. Right before we go to credits. Yep, and then so we have credits, 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 credits. So it's like shenanigans are going to ensue. Shenanigans, then we go to credits, and I love when shenanigans go to credits, and then we have more credits, and yet more credits, and then the question still remains of whether or not we will win in the end, and I'm still, I'm going to continue to pose this to Jenny. If Scorpia has anything to do with it, we are damn well going to win in the end. You know, I feel like if anyone can help make that happen, it's Scorpia. Scorpia. That's right. Yeah. If Scorpia is on my side, being my brave, loyal friend and giving me great hugs, I don't see how we could lose. I don't either. She's great. She's the best. She's the best. She really is the best. Aw, I love my lesbian gym teacher, Scorpia. Me too. She gives the best affirmations. She really does. Oh, but right now we... And you know what? I think maybe our best friend squad might need some affirmations yes. from our oh favorite lesbian God. gym teacher. Let's check in on our buddies. They are not okay. They are going through it. I mean, they're having a, they're having a good time fighting. So we're over... We're at a horde outpost on a cliffside mm-hmm. with yeah. the best friend squad. Yep. Starts by... I know this is not the Wilhelm scream, but it could be. We've got a horde soldier flying over the cliff face, screaming their damn face off, which is reasonable under the circumstances. And then Glimmer poofs in and saves them and brings them back, saying to Shira, you dropped one. (laughs) Shira's like, my bad. Yeah, we got some really good, like, action movie banter here going on. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they're just, like, you know, doing their thing. They're out yeah. in the field doing their action hero stuff. Yeah, feeling themselves. It's great. Yes, but Glimmer is a little bit annoyed that she is, like, picking up the trash, basically. Sheer yeah. is just, like, knocking horde soldiers into the sky, and Glimmer's just, like, poofing out to grab them so they don't die. Yeah, she's not getting as much ass-kicking in as she needs. Yes, Glimmer's face is very... Dull. She's yeah. annoyed. 
she's annoyed and like I want to I want to beat some people up why yes. are you not letting me beat up people like yes, you exactly, used to exactly um and then just as she seems to be getting a chance to get one for herself Bo steps in and nabs them with his net arrows mm-hmm. which is another very handy humanitarian intervention great just a reminder our buds do not shoot to kill no, they Basically, don't. Basically, their phasers are always set to stun. They really Even are. The sword or, is set to stun. The sword is set to stun. Yeah, yeah, or blunt force. Yeah, yeah. It just sends them yeah. flying, knowing that Glimmer right. will catch them right. before they, you know, hit the ground. Right. They just do catch and release. Basically, no blood and guts. Um, and Bo tells Glimmer to hang back. Yep. At this rate, we'll have the supply line open in no, in no time. Thank you for that exposition on what we're doing here. Right. And then we see Flutterina is also here, which doesn't necessarily seem like the most strategic choice. Not really. I don't know why they brought her along, but, but you know, sure. It must have been a low stakes operation, I guess. I guess. Me, I don't. <sighs> um, but Glimmer finally grabs a horde soldier for herself. Declaring, mm-hmm. this one's mine, and poofs him down to the cliffside to be alone with him where there's no escape. Uh-huh. She's and then... super excited to try out some moves. Yeah, and this is dark. A little dark. It's a little dark. Like, she could just, like, punch him, right? Yeah, but I mean, instead she's, she's doing a truth spell. It's not super dark. Sure, but she, like, takes, she separates him away from the rest of them, and she's like, I've really wanted to try this out. I don't know how this works. Oops. Right? Like, yeah, she, I mean, she's just trying to intimidate him. Sure. But it's 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 not like super crazy dark, but it does like. I mean, yeah, I feel like she's she's trying to spread her wings and make her own moves, you know, mm-hmm. w- without being under the wing of her buddies who are being overprotective. Right. Yeah. No, I get this. But let's. Let's keep going through this because it let's just keep going. Yes. Yes. I mean, because, I, I can't yeah. say that you're completely wrong. Um, yeah. It doesn't come off as super dark to me. But yes, she is definitely trying to give those vibes to the Horde soldier. Right. I'm right. a wild card. You don't know what I might do. Things right. could with, go crazy. Right. With this part, with this one, yes. You can tell that she's very much like, you don't know what, what I'm capable of. Right. Like there is right. still this kind of like. You know, it's it still feels a little more innocent. Yes, but her and her spell doesn't even work. Nothing happens. Sure. And then before she has a chance to regroup or try anything else, Shira shows up to intervene, and Glimmer is very annoyed. Right, and you know, Shira does make a good point where it's like, "Hey, you're the queen." Yes. So like, I can't let anything happen to you. The door keeps coming back to throughout this episode isn't just you're the queen she says you're the queen i can't let anything happen to you so it's very clear at least to me that adora is really stuck on i let the last queen die i can't let that happen again right if you die it'll be because i failed to protect you right she's still feeling really guilty about angela's death right Um, yeah and she's not able to articulate that well 
Yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And, you know, and also what she agree she says is she does not trust whatever Shadow Weaver is teaching her. Right, that is also at play. Um That is, is also at is play. Is her yeah. fear that, you know, Shadow Weaver is teaching Glimmer bad stuff, but I feel like, you know, even if Shadow Weaver were out of the equation, that Adora would still be very fearful for Glimmer's life and wanting to protect her would be a top priority. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And I wish that Glimmer would just remind her friends that if she's in danger, she can just poof away. She never reminds them about that. Sure. Also, like, I mean, she does have, Adora does have an, like, an actual rational, like, within the world, non-guilt-driven point, which is, I am a soldier that works for the Queen of Bright Moon. It actually is my like literal written duty to protect the queen like that also does make sense that's true but it's also reasonable for glimmer as the queen to feel like she should be able to call her own shots like absolutely. angela certainly called her own shots oh absolutely absolutely um, not so, you know absolutely like they're they're yeah. figuring out in the same way that we were talking last week about the dynamics of katra and the Paupal. You know, it's like your friend gets promoted. Right. Yes. Your friend should still treat you like a friend. They should not suddenly treat you like shit and like you have no pre-existing relationship. This is not the same as that. But, you know, your friend gets promoted. Your your friend is now the queen. Obviously, that's going to change the dynamics of your friendship. Right. Um, And they have not worked this out. Yeah, they're still working that out. They have not had healthy group therapy communication. (laughs) Right, right. Or like any sort of like, like not even like group therapy communication, but just like expectation of role. And yeah, you yeah, know. they haven't talked it through. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, Glimmer's annoyed. Adora says, you're the queen. I can't let anything happen to you. And then the Horde soldier starts to get away. And then Bo shows up and intervenes again, getting in front of Glimmer with more net arrows. Mm-hmm. So whichever way Glimmer turns, she feels like she has no autonomy. She can't make any moves. Her friends are treating her with kid gloves. Right, exactly. Um, and then we have my first gayest moment, which is probably yours also. We have pouty lesbian Adora. Besides whatever dark magic Shadow Weaver taught you, uh, obviously it doesn't seem to be doing the job. I don't have it. In fact, I actually sucked at finding gayest moments oh, really? in this episode. Yeah, I um, did. They're mostly so. pouty ones. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then there's some, you know, some um, cheesy group therapy stuff later. But that one for me, you know, Adora being like pouty, sullen, lesbian, very much in that moment. You know, it's very rare we see Adora being the sullen lesbian. That's usually for Catra. Yeah. But, but right know. now with the stuff that's going on between her and Glimmer, it's really bringing out the pouty, sullen side of Adora. Yeah. Which is, you know, important. Um, I mean, everybody everybody needs some layers. and Yeah, of course. P- pouty, sullen lesbian is a really important part of, of you know, being it's, a sword lesbian. It's there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's there. Um, yeah. And so Glimmer is annoyed and says that it's not dark magic. And it would have been really cool if it had worked. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't explicitly dark. No, I mean, listen. The magic on its own is not dark or light and it just no, depends absolutely. on how it, it is it just used. it just is it, it just all, is it, it just is yeah how do you use it do you use it in good right. faith do you use it to corrupt do you use it to gain power for yourself 
So this question of is the magic that Glimmer is doing inherently dark something that is going to persist throughout the rest of the season? Right. So they're bickering now. And before it can go any further, Bo jumps in again. Mm-hmm. Bo is our, you know, man in the middle. Wraps mm-hmm. his arms around both of them, trying to refocus them on how great it is to just be back out in the field together. Best friend squad, back together again. Yeah, which, like, isn't really... I, I see what Bo's trying to do, yeah, but that's but also like, kind of like... Yeah, it's a Band-Aid. It's solution. a Band-Aid. It's, push, it's a push-it-under-the-rug type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and they don't... That's not great. They still don't have time to react. Because Flutterina jumps in to add her enthusiasm for the mission. Yep. What, Very like, third wheel. There? Um, yeah. Thanks them for letting her come. And I yep. really think that season one or two Glimmer would have been very annoyed by Flutterina. Oh, absolutely. Um, but now that she's more grown um, and, you know, more empowered, she's happy to be able to, you know help the younger generation come up and find their footing. Yeah. So this mollifies her. Like, she smiles yeah. at Flutterina. Yeah, she does. So that does mollify her for the moment. Yeah, and, and Glimmer has is a little skeptical about the battle. I mean, she's like, okay. Yeah, Glimmer's the only one who thinks it's sus that this outpost is so poorly guarded. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is sus. It is. Like, it is. Um, and Flutterina says oh, they probably ran away scared. Right. And we're like, nah. And that answer satisfies Bo and Adora, which is a little yeah. surprising. Yeah, I... Maybe they're burnt. They yeah. could just be burnt out. Yeah. That's probably like, true. They, you know, because because uh, like I'm getting the, like, I'm getting the impression that they're doing, that what Katra is doing is having them do all these little skirmishes everywhere. So they're, like, running from place to place, like, doing these little skirm like, these, like, little easy-to-win skirmishes to kind of burn them keep out them and to, like, yeah. keep them busy. So, like, it's, like, draining their energy, and it's, like, distracting them from the big thing that's going to be that's happening true. very soon. they have soon. to do this because they have to reopen the supply line to the Kingdom of Snows. Right, And, yeah. oh, it's too easy? That's our biggest problem? Let's just finish right. this, and then we'll figure out what else we need right. to worry about. Right, exactly. So it's like, okay, who, you know, who cares? Yeah. We, we yeah, still have a thing to do. Adora is usually much more strategic than this. Right, Yeah. right. But, yeah, but there's too many things right. coming at them at once. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right about the burnout factor. Mm-hmm. Lotarina, of course, knows exactly how to stoke the flames of discord. Yep. Um, and she tells Glimmer how lucky she is that Adora saved her. Uh-huh. And again, yeah. I have a bullet here. Does no one remember that Glimmer can teleport away from danger? I know. Like, if a horde soldier grabs her, she can just poof away. Sure. I mean, I, it does take some presence of mind, but also Glimmer has that presence of yeah, mind. Yeah, Glimmer like, is Glimmer- fine. <laughs> Glimmer's fine. She thinks quick. She knows how to think quick. That's kind of what being somebody that can teleport can do. Yes. Like, yes. So, and so, yeah. of course, Flutterina has this perfect exchange with Glimmer to piss mm-hmm. her off in a in an innocent way that doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's coming from Flutterina. She says, yep. anyway, your real strength is in teamwork. The way you let Adora give you orders, even though you're the queen. So of course, yeah. that's exactly Woo. what to say. Glimmer says, she wasn't giving me orders. We're a team. 
Mm-hmm. The greatest team. Yeah. Like, oh. That's why she can talk to you like that. Uh-huh. Like, Damn. what a bond. Playing y'all like a fiddle yes. on some sort of fiddling holiday yes. in the middle of fiddle day on a fiddle time and fiddleopolis. Indeed. Thank like you. Like lambs to the slaughter, as Flutterina like, says, after they stop yep. crankily away. <gasps> That's double trouble. No way. Who could have guessed it? No way. I thought that was an actual girl named Flutterina. A little pink poof ball of precious pink princessness. Not, not double trouble. Not a devious <laughs> drama queen. Nope. <laughs> this, so this show just keeps surprising me. Let's leave them there, stewing let's in their discontent. There. Let's go to more discontent stewing. And we'll hop on over to another <laughs> stew of discontent. Oh, it's the inner sanctum. Oh, boy, yes. my favorite place. It's our favorite incel cave in the fright yeah. zone. Grumpy stompy, Hordak. Stompy, grumpy Stompies. Hordak. Growling. Looks super pissed. Ugh, when did he doesn't look pissed? Whatever. Well, I mean, there are moments. Okay, fine. When he's moping. And there are also moments when he looks sort of like genuinely surprised and taken aback and doesn't know how to react to things. Okay, that's fair. But this is not one of those. This is not one of those. This is one of his trademark, like, let's yell at Katra and tell her she's wrong moments. Yes. He demands to know why Katra is letting all their outposts get creamed. And she's like, because I'm letting them. Yeah. And Katra (laughs) is, you know, fully letting Hordak see that she thinks he's an idiot. Because, like, do you not even understand what strategy is? Like, have you never played a strategy game? Right. Like, like, Catra's like, did, did I, did I play all those games of risk with you for nothing? Yes. She's like, duh. I called back the main defenses. And Hordak's like, why did you do that? Huff, huff, huff. (laughs) And Catra just laughs at him. She's like, like, ah, Okay. The princesses have no idea what's coming. Let them waste their time on some useless outposts. We're saving our resources for the big mission. The final part of our plan, remember? It's almost time. And, of course, Hordak does not believe it is almost time, for he believes that the weapon needs to be completed. Yes, my next bullet surmising his position on this is that his big dick weapon isn't ready and he needs more time. Yeah, and is it really about the weapon? Or is he just need more time to be mopey about Entrapta? Right, I mean, I think we're both on the same page yeah. here. Yeah, and so basically yeah. Hordak says that if he can't have more time, then he needs Entrapta's notes. And Catra, of course, is always triggered anytime someone says Entrapta. And she I wonder says, why. Yeah, she says the only thing she knows how to say, which is Entrapta is a traitor. Uh-huh. And Hordak is possibly the only person who is more triggered by anyone saying Entrapta. And he freaks out and he screams, you think I don't know that? And he has a little speech, a little quiet, intense, angry man speech. This is Mm -hmm. what she left behind. And this is what I will use to defeat every last princess on Etheria. Horde Prime will be here soon, and when he arrives, he will see what I am capable of. I will return to his side, victorious, worthy. But first, I need those recordings. 
It's like, all right. Okay, so then we have the whole, all right, Hordak, we get it. Hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. Yes. Type of thing going on. We see, you know, and we see this again in this episode that Hordak and Katra have very similar drives to get the Horde to be like the ultimate, like, you know, war machine. Yes, okay. and her final speech at the end of the episode is basically, she's talking to him, but it's like she's talking to herself. Right, exactly. And it's like, you and I, we are not so dissimilar. It's very much that villain speech of like, you and I, we are not yes, so dissimilar. Yes, Only we don't need of- anyone. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, so-, so basically, Catra's finally hit a wall. This is the one person that she can't make it go away by just saying Entrapto was a traitor. Right. He's so she's holding got to something firm. Else. He's like, no, bitch, we will. I need those recordings and you will get them for me. Right. And so he and he still has power over her. So she has yes. to she has to do this. Yes. She ha- has to do his bidding. and She is not happy about it. No, she's pissed. So I wonder who's going to suffer the consequences of that. Well, I think we cut to exactly who's going to suffer the consequences of that. I think you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty good at this. I do understand narrative you're after wi- watching the show for a while. I've heard so, you're wicked smart. I'm pretty smart. Yes, I am wicked smart. So we cut to Scorpio walking along with like this really cute little like metal tea, like teacup. Yeah, yeah. And it's like really cute. She's like holding it very carefully between her pincers. I know. As it's, Emily it's an- scurries adorably behind her and they're playing the... Uh, little game of like if i move to this side you can't see me or i'll move you know, to that so, side when you look to this so side it's so cute emily's and adorable emily's adorable and scorpio loves her so much i know you know they're having so much fun together um but you know scorpia is also trying to protect emily right and so she's like oh no you have to stay in my room remember it's for your own good mm-hmm. you know catra can't see you Right, or she's going to melt you down to scrap metal. Right, and, right. Um, yeah. Because, you know, like, Scorpia's busy right now. She's bringing Catra a cup of soothing herbal tea, because, of yeah. course, that will fully halt a nervous breakdown. You know, actually, this might be my gayest moment. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, I didn't actually, like, pick a gayest moment before this, but in thinking about it, making your family recipe herbal remedy to give to the girl that you have a crush on The is- mean girl? Who you have a crush the mean on, and girl you're just you have trying a crush to make on? her happy, and you think that if you can make her smile, that she will suddenly stop being mean and like you back. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the gay, really that's, gay. Yeah, that's my gayest moment. Yeah, I didn't have that one, but I agree with you. Yeah, that's my gayest moment. I'm glad that I was able to process and get there naturally. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm gayest with moment you. right there. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, cool. So I'm glad yes. I got there. Let's exactly, exactly that. Right. So Emily so there. slowly you know, scurries away, so sad and forlorn, like a little puppy. Scorpia can't resist. And she's like, okay, okay, you can come. And then Emily rushes back again, like an eager puppy. So cute. But then she jolts like a live wire hit her and she just books it out of there. She saw something scared her. I mean... She's terrified of Catra, and guess who? Guess who we run into? Yeah, that is a so. good survival instinct. Yeah. Um, Scorpia does not take the hint. She's like, "Hey, where are you going? Said you could come." <laughs> What's going on, guys? So oh, she, Catra! She, she gets her own um, jump scare by Catra yep. appearing behind her. So, so the tea, the tea flies straight up out of the cup and goes straight back down. 
That's how. Which is great. It's a great little jump scare. Um, and Scorpion makes one of her usual cute little jokes about how good Catra is at sneaking up on her. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, she's a cat. She is cat-like. It's kind of um, what cats do. And then she notices quite astutely that Catra is not looking her best. Um, as we see that Catra, you know, her eyes are like bloodshot and twitchy. She looks like she is really about to completely lose it. Oh, she looks like total shit. Yeah. Total absolute and all shit. All Scorpio wants to do is take care of her. And give her a little bit of tea. Give her some tea. Um, and I, in a lot of ways, can really identify with this. I spent the greater portion of my teens and 20s trying to save people who were not there to save themselves. And that yeah. was a pattern that I repeated a lot before I found my way out of it. I'm glad that you did. Yeah. That's really important. Me too. Me too. It's yeah. hard to work your way out of that pattern. It is. But, you know, I'm proud when you're, of you. you know, when your heart is oriented in that pattern, you just feel like the only way that you can feel okay is if you can help someone else feel okay. Yep. So that's where Scorpia yep. is. Yeah. Oh. Um, but she's happy that Katra has a job for her. Because now mm -hmm. she has something tangible that she could do to make Catra happy. Yeah, which is finding and trapped as recordings. Yes. Which and, Hordak needs. Yes, yes. And Catra, you know, you can see how close to the edge she is. She's practically uh -huh. talking to herself here, even though she is technically oh, talking yeah. to Scorpion. She's like, I'm so close. If I can pull this off, everything, everything will have been worth it. Like, I know, oh, she's okay, like making buddy. like crazy crazy villain monologue shit yeah, like yeah everything shall be worth it I'm like damn yeah Katra, yeah so damn. scorpia you know isn't even really picking up on this she's just nope. like she's like yes yes i'll find them i have a job this is great uh did, did you want any of the tea or uh you know what never mind she's like maybe yeah. i should just back slowly away and then there's this hilarious visual moment where Catra just like yoinks the tea out of Scorpia's hand yes. and she slurps it down just like the coolest cat on the block. And then she goes, ah, and she, as she holds the cup and like the hand holding the cup, she has one finger pointing back at Scorpia and one hand on her <laughs> hip in this like ridiculous like, cool cha pose. Yeah. And they just like stand there for a second looking at each other. And it's, it's something about it is just hilarious. It is very unnecessarily cool guy of Catra. Yeah, and, and then Catra awesome. just throws the cup down on the ground and says, what are you still doing here? Also, like, chugging herbal tea, kind of, like... Yes. The opposite of, like, what herbal tea is supposed yes. to do. Yes, yes, especially since, you know, it looked pretty hot from the amount of steam wafting off it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it couldn't hurt to have a little tea. It couldn't tea. Could, Never hurts to have a little tea. So the ending of that scene is... Oddly funny. Yeah, even though... Very, even though it's very sad. Very sad for Scorpia yes, and for very, us. Things are just more and more tenuous. Things are more and more tenuous. Yeah. So, so we move on with Scorpia. Where does Scorpia go uh, next, Meth? 
Scorpio goes outside. So we're still in the fright zone, but Scorpio goes outside to a loading bay mm-hmm. where we see the powerhouse polycule and a whole bunch of other horde soldiers moving boxes to and fro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Crates. Crates? Crates. I would call them crates, but I'm not even really crates. sure technically how to define the difference between a crate and a box. I don't really think it's important. I feel like maybe it's like the material in which it is comprised of. That's probably right. I would call them crates. They look quite hefty. They look hefty. In fact, they look very, uh, you know, very, they're metal, they're heavy. You know, we know they're heavy because they need Scorpia's help with them. And, you know, we know Scorpia can help because she picks up one with Rahelio attached to it. And his claws like scrape down the side. So that's definitely not a cardboard box. No, and also we see how friggin' strong Scorpia is. Oh, yeah, as if there was ever any doubt. As if there was ever any doubt, but this, like, this is a really awesome visual she thing is... about Because Rahelio is not small. Yeah, no. And was struggling to pick up that, that crate, and she just picks both of them up together quite easily yes, and then drops the crate easily. on him. Yeah. Continues <laughs> chatting as she does it, yeah. like it's nothing. He's like, oh, gosh. You know, that's my yes. Scorpia. It's just yes. Canadian. So Scorpia's in a great mood right now. She's happy yeah. to help her buds, you know, with their with their crate stacking. And she cheerfully tells them about this super important mission, top secret, possibly, that she's on for Catra. Ooh, possibly top secret. Yeah. Eh? And Lonnie Ooh. sarcastically says, good luck with that. I'm sure Catra will be super grateful. Oh, yeah, definitely. Lonnie is still very salty after the events of last episode. Lonnie is feeling very unappreciated. You know, she has no illusions of about Catra. How, you know, how Catra is going to handle them, the three of them specifically, and all the troops. Yup. And so and she says as much to Scorpia. And of course, Scorpia gets defensive of Catra right away and they start bickering. Yeah. Because Scorpia's a loyal friend. Mm-hmm. Scorpia says everything Catra's done has been to help the Horde. And mm-hmm. if we stick with her, keep doing our jobs, I'm sure she'll notice, you know, mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. And Lonnie yeah. knows that this is complete bullshit and she is just out of fucks. And I feel like Scorpia's starting to, like, pick up that maybe this is also bullshit, too. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the whole course of this episode is Scorpius slowly yes. coming to terms with that, just like one tiny, tiny nugget at a time. Yes, and here's one of the nugs. This is one of her nugs. Yes, is Lonnie telling her that Catra is intentionally letting their soldiers get attacked on the northern perimeter and that she doesn't care. Right. Gesturing to all of the injured soldiers, you know, limping back in around them. Right, Yes. Um, and then Scorpia continues to defend Catra, saying she's just just under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And Lonnie just explodes. When are you going to wake up? Right. And Scorpia responds to being yelled at the same way that she always does. She just stands there, sort of looking down at the ground, mm-hmm. looking hurt, you know, like an abused puppy. Yeah. And this is sort of how she always reacts when people, like, genuinely yell at her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of stay like that for a second. And then Lonnie's like, hey, we were supposed to be loading these boxes onto the transport. And she realizes right. that Scorpia has been undoing the work that they were doing. Yep. Aww. And Scorpia, you know, doesn't know what to say. And Lonnie is just fed up. 
Yeah. And tell Scorpia to just get out of here. We've got real work to do. Right. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lonnie's boots on the ground. Like, yeah. Lonnie is seeing... Lonnie's tired. Lonnie is tired, and Lonnie is seeing what, you know, the the not-force captain, the not-princess, the not... Yeah. You know, what everyone yeah. that is actually working is going through. Yeah. And All it's the regular not, Joes. The regular Joes. And it's not Catra being, you know, a wonderful genius. Yeah. There's nobody looking so. out for the regular Joes of the Horde. Right. Least of all Catra. Least of all Catra. Yeah. So um, and they just know, stand no, there. No one down here is no one down here is going to be like, "Woo, Catra, yeah, best leader yeah. ever." Yeah, and so you know, Scorpia and it is just standing up for Catra, no matter what, to the end. Mm-hmm. And they stand there for a minute, and Scorpia is just looking hurt, and then she puts her emotional mask back on, mm-hmm. and she smiles, and she seems happy and confident again. But we know it's a mask, and she says, "Good idea. You do your job. I'll do mine." And then sort of, and then it's like the mask slips a little bit and she sort of quietly, quietly to herself says, it's a well-oiled machine. Oh, it's so so sad. sad. Mm. Back to our Horde outpost. This is a new Horde outpost. This is a new Horde, a different Horde outpost. They have moved on to the next one. They have moved on to the next one. We don't, we have our best friend squad and Flutterina. Yes. So they are here. And doesn't really look and, like yeah. Bo is scouting there. out the situation. Yeah, he says it doesn't seem like there's anyone on watch. Um, which seems strange. But Adora starts to make a strategic plan, which is normally her mm-hmm. role. She yep. points out that they still don't know what the defenses are like on the inside, so she starts to make a plan. And Glimmer just rolls her eyes, has no patience for this, and she just poops right. out without waiting for the plan. Well, I mean, she says, let's go nice and slow. But, like, Glimmer is definitely, like, a punch-first person, too. Like, Yeah, Glimmer and that's always to... been true. Glimmer has yeah. always been the person who does not wait for the plan. Right. But the stakes are pretty high when Glimmer does it now, because Glimmer's the queen. Yes. Yes, the power dynamics have changed. Right. But who each person is remains fundamentally the same. Right. And and Adora, by the way, we don't see Adora as Adora in this episode at all. We That's only right. see Adora as She-Ra. That's right. Adora is in She-Ra form this entire episode. So then She-Ra, you know, mentions this to Glimmer after Glimmer kind of just jumps in, fists a fly in with all sparkle, 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 you know, punching, punching, punching. And, you know, she is pretty effective in her ass kickery. Sure. Yeah, she is kicking major ass here. Um, um, but they do have a very important exchange amidst yes. the heat of battle. They have a yes. very important exchange. <laughs> yes, there is like there's a fight within a fight here. A verbal fight. A verbal fight between with... two people who are on the same side of yes a, of of a physical fight against of a some other fight. people. Right. It's like they are so like they're so adept at fighting, at physically fighting the enemy that they can have like a verbal fight about their feelings while doing it. Yes, exactly. Which feels really Buffy to me. Yes. It like this whole this whole scene actually feels really super Buffy to me. Yes, it absolutely does. Like I could almost imagine Buffy and Spike doing this. Yeah, being like definitely. I'm just trying to help you. I didn't ask for your help. You yeah, know, that kind exactly. of thing. Yeah, totally. So, so Shira says, 
Glimmer, what are you doing? You can't just rush into battle on your own like that. You're the queen. You're too valuable. Which makes sense. It does and make sense. It does make sense. But then Glimmer, what Glimmer says, also makes sense. Yes. Am I the queen? Because you seem like you're the one giving all of the orders. Yes. Both valid points. Both valid points. Um, and... Glimmer's point might have been better made sitting down at a table. <laughs> yeah. Not in the heat of battle. Right. But we can... If we're being generous, we can imagine that maybe she did try to make this point sitting down at a table and Adora just wouldn't hear it. Right. We don't know this. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what conversations they had off screen. And so Adora's I'm going to it's hard for me to call her Shira because we know like that's not her name. Even when she's in right. Shira form, like we've established that she's in Shira form this whole episode. But yes. her name is still Adora, so I'm going to keep yeah. calling her Adora. Yeah, I wanted to establish that she was in She Form this whole episode, yeah, so we could correct. call her Adora. You are correct. Yeah. Um, so Adora's response to Glimmer um, is, and what's your plan, more dark magic? Which is so, like, I just, this A is so A little bit childish six. and reactive. Also, so season six Buffy, too. Like, it's like, oh, was this more magic? Like, I don't know. Dark anyway. magic? Right. Dark magic, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So. Which we don't have to get in. Let's definitely not get into that because Jenny and I could rant about that. Yes, but suffice we can to save say, save that for the Discord if people want to we'll get into save that, that. If our patrons want to get into that on Discord. Um, yeah. And Glimmer, and again, like they both have like one hard beat that they just keep coming back to. Glimmer says it's not dark magic. Right. And I don't know, you know. Maybe if it helps me do what needs to be done. Yes, and that's kind of Glimmer's thing is like, I am the queen, I am in charge, and I need to find new ways to get what needs to be done, done. Yes. And, you know, Adora's like, no, we actually need to do this in a way that, you know, isn't horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Adora's main point is I have to protect you. You're the queen. Right. And also, like, Adora is, Adora's skeptical about the about what she said thinks as dark magic. Right, right. Right. About this so she, new growth that Glimmer is undergoing because it right. has a connection to Shadow Weaver. Because it has a connection to Shadow Weaver. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So as they're bickering back and forth in the heat of battle, um, Flutterina looks down battle. gleefully and says quietly, Double trouble, sometimes you're too good. Oh my god, this, I just thought of this, another perfect Buffy connection. We're having it? Flutterina and Double Trouble. It's like Ben and Glory. Is there some connection oh there? Is there some connection between Flutterina and Double Trouble? Are they roommates? Is everyone here very stoned? <laughs> um, so now Bo also notices them fighting and intervenes, still in the midst of battle. Oh my god! This so, this, this is, is a really gay moment, moment too. Group therapy yeah, in the this midst is a really gay moment. Is my gayest uh -huh. moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I get this, um, and it's yes. great. And so again, mm -hmm. this is Bo. You know what would they do if Bo wasn't there? Um, and I feel I really feel Bo's position here. Like mm -hmm. I feel the anxiety that I would feel in Bo's place. Like I just have to make sure that everybody gets along, come hell or high yeah. water. I, I've been in this I've been in this situation so much um, in my and life. Bo I've, seems very confident. I get it. 
Yeah. In his moderating. Yeah, um, I mean, he's really good at conflict resolution. Yes, he is. But ultimately, it doesn't work. But right here, right. it works. Um, yeah. So Bo starts off asking Adora, is there something you want to say to Glimmer? Uh-huh. And we have another fantastic, sullen, lesbian moment with Adora. No. I don't know. What? It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. And she's like holding off some kind of gigantic laser blast with her shield. Uh-huh. She has plenty of energy on the side to be a solid lesbian. Oh, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. It's fine. And then Bo it's continues fine. to encourage her. He says communication is key to a good friendship. Uh-huh. And, and Meth, that's gay. Oh, yeah. That's totally gay. So, so gay. That is really gay. Yeah. And I have definitely said that so many times. I just said it like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I mean, not, maybe, not like 20 minutes yeah. ago, but yeah. 20 minutes I, before I mean, we started recording, probably. 20 minutes before we started recording. Yes. I absolutely said that. I verbatim. Um, so Adora tries again, bolstered by her friend Bo, while still beating up so many Horde soldiers. She says, I don't know why Glimmer is suddenly okay with trusting Shadowweaver after everything she's done to us. I'm just mm-hmm. worried about her. It's too dangerous. And I think that us is definitely an us, but I think this is also a her thing. Yes, too. absolutely. Like, definitely a her thing. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and Glimmer snaps back because she's feeling defensive. She says, do you really think I'm naive enough to trust her? And, and I love that Bo was like, like, can we do this a little bit more? The the actual words that Bo says is, would you like to try phrasing that a little more constructively? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like the, can we use some I statements here? Like, yeah, he's like a kindergarten teacher at this point. I know. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. So. And so Glimmer is also able to rephrase. She says, I'm not. First, she says everything I'm doing is to protect people, to protect right. you. I'm because this is what she's taken on as a queen. Yes, I'm not asking you to trust Shadow Weaver, but can't you at least trust me? Right. So now they've both said some more I-centered statements about their own feelings instead of accusing each other. Um, And Adora agrees that she does trust Glimmer, of course. And Mm -hmm. Bo hugs them both and says, that's how the best friend squad does it. Yep. But there's still tension there. Well, they're on the right path at this point. Right. And Flutterina is annoyed that all her hard work is being undone by the rebel's secret weapon, which is a trans social worker. And that's the gayest thing of all. (laughs) Aww. This is, that is way too relatable to my own personal life. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very relatable. Very gay. Yeah, yeah. So Florina yeah. now has to get things back on track, on on the you know double trouble track, by mm-hmm. play acting being captured by the dumbass horde soldiers. Oh my god! Who immediately drop her, and she has to tell them, "I'm on your side. Follow my lead." I know it's it's so dumb, and they can barely it's so do dumb. It. They can barely do it. But before we get to that part yes. of horrible, horrible, horrible acting, yes. we're going to jump back to the Fright Zone yes. and see what's up with our team of Scorpia and Emily. Yes, our favorite Scorpion princess and puppy bot. 
Aw, puppy bot pal. So they've looked everywhere for those gosh darn recordings. We can't just feed they're just nowhere. They, they just are can't nowhere find to them. be seen. They they've gotta be there somewhere. Um, Scorpio cannot find the recordings, but she does find something else. Oh. Hmm. She finds a picture. It is the iconic photo of the Super Pal Trio. On it is so fucking cute. The <laughs> grouchy Catra. Harumph. Yep. In yep. pure harumph mode. Yep. We've got happy laughing Scorpia on the left, happy smiling Entrapta on the right, and grumpy kitty in the center. Love grumpy kitty in the center. Yep. She really just ties the whole thing together. Really does. Grumpy lesbian in the center. Best. So Scorpia has a moment with her photo, but then she says yep. that she will not be distracted. She cannot let catch her down. Just think like Entrapta. And then she does a great Entrapta impression that's almost as good as yours, Jenny. Thank you. I You're think, welcome. I think it's equally as fantastic, if not <laughs> even a little bit better. I mean, Scorpia, you know, Scorpia is Entrapta's best friend. I think she really has the insight. She even moves around the room like she really commits. She hangs okay, from she the does ceiling. commit. Yeah, she does hang from the ceiling. You. Um, dear listeners, I have not seen Jenny hang from the ceiling when doing the inscorp- the um, Entrapta No, I'm not, I'm not taking so it that far. That's not, yeah. yeah. So, so I guess Scorpia yeah, does so win there. So Scorpia, you know, and she's concentrating. She puts her pincers to her temples and she goes, bats, mm, hordak, tiny food. And she's hanging from the ceiling. She falls to the floor. Mm, first one's tech, rune stones. And then... She figures it out. You know, she got to the runestones and she's like, oh my god, Black Garden Chamber! That's hey, the place you can look. She put it something together. Yeah, so that was a very good stream of consciousness entrapped a brain thing that she did there. It totally worked. Yeah, g- good for her. Yes. Good for so her. So let's go to the Black Garnet Chamber, Meth. So we're going to go to the Black Garnet Chamber and we're going to learn a lot about Scorpia. Yes, we sure are. So this place gives Scorpio the creeps. Yes, but... it is a big, scary room. And they start out by just peeking around the door. So right away, yeah. you have some vibes that this is a foreboding place. This we is are a not foreboding place. Be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she tells a little, man, we had some times here. The time Entrapta hacked the Black Garnet. That time Shadow Weaver tried to kill us. All and those good that, times. Yes. You know... And then, and then she says, and before that, and then we get this like weird, like kind of like inkling of a psychic connection. Yeah, she, she kind of like regards her reflection yeah. in the shiny crystalline surface of the black garnet. Yeah. You know, like and she has a moment where she's like recognizing herself in the black garnet. Yeah. And she kind of trails off after she says, and before that. Yeah. And then shifts and then tells Emily, you're not going to believe this, Emily, but I'm actually a princess. Mm-hmm. And then we go, what? And then we go, yeah. oh, yeah, right. We yeah. remember that. Yeah. We, we were told that a long time ago. But Emily is surprised. But Emily's surprised. Beep, boop. <laughs> beep, boop. And she does beeps of boops of yeah. surprise. Yeah. And and then we learned from Scorpia that um, the whole Fright Zone used to be uh, the um, her family's kingdom. But That's Hordak... Right. First, she negs herself. She yeah. says, oh, you know, it's ridiculous. Yes. But it's true. Yes. 
So the the Fright Zone used to be your family's kingdom, but then Hordak showed up and then she kind of, well, you know, the rest is history. And then, mm-hmm. you know, gets a little, well, the Black Garnet never worked for me anyway. Or, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And then she has this moment where she stares at the Black Garnet mm-hmm. and it's like she can hear it calling to her. This right. quiet whooshing whispering and she comes so close to touching it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, at the very last second, she loses her nerve and pulls away. And the yeah. whispering sounds vanish. Yeah. And it's like... She's not oh, ready. She's not ready to embrace her destiny. No. Then she sighs and says it's yeah. for the best. Can you yeah. imagine me as a princess? I just need to find those recordings. And then... And then we mm-hmm. have... Beep, boop, brrrp, boom. And then we have some like Jedi projection, you know, help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. And then we have, you mm-hmm. know, all of a sudden R2-D2 yep. puts on the big screen and we have some recordings. <gasps> we Come found the Draptos recordings. Yes. Just to clarify, in case anyone didn't follow all of those analogies based on other media, <laughs> the recordings are coming out of Emily. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you're, anyone who gets no, it, fair. gets it. And anyone who that's does it fair. might be like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Yes. Um, yes, I was referencing Star Wars, but yes, yes the but recordings come out of Emily. obviously, Nate Stevenson was also thinking of Star Wars. Oh, he absolutely when was. When he made this, clearly. Yeah, he's he's always, he's always thinking, thinking of Star, Star Wars. Wars. But yes, this, yeah. is a, this is definitely a Star Wars comparison. Yes. Um, the recordings are stored in R2-D2, the recordings are stored in Emily. Right, And yeah. so we have a giant entrapta being projected on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's a recording that it will it will come to be revealed that she made this recording just before they went to the Northern Reach. Mm-hmm. And yes, on screen in Chapter says she's uploaded backups of all her logs into Emily's hard drive, and she's upgraded her to record visual data. Aww, and then I wrote I "Hi, mom," this. because that's always what you say when you start recording yourself for the first time. Yeah. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Look at me, I'm on TV! And then she says, you know, the most hilariously endearing and trapped a thing, now when an experiment blows up and I lose all memory of that day, I'll still have record of the research. Fair. And then she grabs from out of the frame with her uh, prehensile hair tendrils, she pulls Catra and Scorpia in and hugs them super tight and says, everyone smile! Aw, that's really cute. So now all of a sudden, this is another... Super soft memory. Yeah. Um, so we see Cranky, Catra, and Excited, Entrapta, and Scorpia getting ready for their trip to the Northern Reach. Catra tells Entrapta to finish packing. Entrapta says, I'm a scientist. All I need is my mind. Also, my giant drill. Also, everything in this room. This is how I pack, by the way. Yes. And so Scorpia is uh, watching yeah. this video with a smile. Oh, good old days with her buddies. No, look at my pals. You know, I miss my friends. Yeah, look at us liking each other, yeah, not being, yeah. you and know, not being horrible, yeah, not being banished. Between Scorpia and Entrapta about hot cocoa, Katra tries to rain on their parade and tell them they're not going to have hot cocoa. This is, you know, a work trip. But as soon as Katra walks away, they're both like, okay, but we'll bring the hot cocoa stuff anyway. Yeah, because that's the only reason to go in the snow. Yes, and then they have a little high five. And and it yeah. pauses, like the recording ends, like it freeze, It ends and it freezes frame. It doesn't go to black, right, right, right on right. the high five. 
Uh-huh. And then Scorpio yeah. reaches out her claw to touch the high five on the screen. Oh. It's fucking heartbreaking. It's fucking heartbreaking. And Scorpio is just like, I miss her. Yeah. And then she's like, uh, and then she has, uh, she has a conversation with Emily that is very much like when people have conversations with um, their cat, Rogelio, or with, with oh, Rogelio. Yes, Rogelio. But so in this context, yeah. So she does it first. She seems very melancholy when she says, "I miss her," and she's looking at the recording. But then all of a sudden, she's like, "Oh wait, we found the recordings," and she's super happy again. Uh-huh. And then she has this conversation with Emily. But it seems like she definitely understands everything Emily yes. is saying. Yes. But other than and that, it is exactly like people talking to Rogelio. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and it's the one sided exposition, right? Like, yes. We did it, you beautiful bot. Now we found them. Now we got to tell Cap. Beep, 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 beep. What do you mean you can't just take them out? Beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. You know? Yes. What? Not possible. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep. They're deeply ingrained in your core processor and can't be accessed without dismantling you completely, which, by the way, is not how data storage works anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't seem logical at all. But, okay, But it's necessary for the plot. But also, like, nothing in this world. I have to suspend all fucking disbelief, so I'm going to do it. But, yeah, that's not... If I can suspend my disbelief about the, like, people magically knowing dead languages that they've never been exposed to because that's where their ancestors come from... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I'll suspend my my disbelief on how data storage works in in Ethereum. The moon's lighting up the planet even without the the reflection of the sun. Yeah, also the moons, right? I believe that this is another instance of magic... I think this is an instance of techno magic. Yes, it is techno magic. It is tech in a world of magic. So now Scorpia has a major crisis because Catra needs these recordings and she wants Mm -hmm. to be there for Catra no matter what. But that would mean murdering Emily. Right, so this is Scorpia being loyal, and what does loyalty look like to Scorpia right now? Because her loyalty is now split yes. between murdering one of her friends or what Scorpia is starting to see maybe isn't is betraying one of her friends, but maybe isn't actually betraying one of her friends. Because this, is this person really her friend? Exactly. Is this person a friend to her? Yes, exactly. So we will leave her in this moment this defining moment of decision and go back to the horde outpost with our rebel pals. Before we jump back, we have mm-hmm. the, what the, like the last shot mm-hmm. is the, the black garnet being like a little like being like, you know, just the, the last shot being like an ominous little black garnet's like, I'll see you soon. Ooh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So, Yes. Wonder what happens with Scorpia and that there black garnet. Wonder if something happens later Time in the will series. Tell. Time will tell. If the black garnet has more in mind for Scorpia. I wonder if it does. But let's go back to that horde outpost now. Yes. So, <laughs> so Flutterina is putting on a great show of being captured by these horde soldiers. Well, Flutterina obviously has improv training. Yes, but these guys are barely keeping it together. They're like, oh gosh, uh, drop your weapons or the girl gets it? I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe. And then we, so we have 
So we went from impossible choice number one for our, one of our characters, right? Which is Scorpia having to make the impossible choice with Emily. And now we're going to this, you know, framed impossible choice of like, well, what do we do here? We can't, you know, we, we have to make sure that Flutterina is safe. It would seem like the most logical thing. I mean, I know it doesn't matter now because it, right. it's already over. But it would seem to me that in a hostage situation like this, the thing to do would be to have your teleporter just teleport in, grab the hostage and teleport out. That would be the most safe. If you just want to grab your friend and make sure everyone's safe, why wouldn't you just do that? Well, sure. And I mean, Glimmer does go in and like take charge right, of the situation. Right, but she doesn't. But she takes charge in a way that's like more on the offensive and less about basic right. safety. Right. And the point here is that Glimmer is not thinking about like she's taking an offensive instead of a yes. defensive yes. Uh, point here. Yes. yes. Yeah. And Glimmer um, also gl- makes the point that someone has to do something. They can't just all stand there. Right. And so Glimmer does not actually see this as an impossible choice, which is, you know, Glimmer's choices are now starting to seem less impossible for her. Yeah. You know, Glimmer is starting to be more definitive in her choices. And they are choices that are starting to be choices that the people surrounding her may not necessarily have may have agreed with or will yeah, agree with. or feel com- super comfortable with. Or feel comfortable with. Yeah. Because they are bolder in ways that may be a little grayer than the choices that they, they would be making. A little grayer and a little riskier also. Ye- yes. Like, I think what? I meant, I think I meant riskier. Yeah, because like I what think level gray- of risk are riskier. we willing to incur? Uh, willing to put others in. Yes. So Glimmer, she, she does what she does. She grabs she the does Horde soldier and away they poof. She's going to question a Horde soldier today. God damn it. And she is, this is the part. So in the beginning when we do this, when she did this, it seemed less, it was less like terrifying, I guess. Yeah, like <laughs> like it was, was still, less hard. It was more tentative. Like she didn't totally know what she was going to do. She didn't totally know what she wanted to ask. Maybe she just was like, this is a thing to do next. But she didn't know necessarily. She didn't have it all planned out. It was sort of like a more of an awkward fumbling towards next steps. Right. But this right here, she comes in hard and she even says, I haven't practiced this, practiced this one as much. It's a true spell. If it works, it works. But if it fails, it can be extremely painful. Right. And she is... And who is... knows if that's even true, or if she was just saying it to scare him. Right. Because the last she time is... she tried the true spell and it didn't work, nothing happened at all. Nothing happened. But she's willing to go in. She's she's willing to go in this hard. She's willing to scare him. She's willing to scare him. Right. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that she's willing to employ actual torture methods. Like, she's just saying something to scare him. No, but she's willing to... I don't mean she's willing to go in this hard as in, like, willing to torture, but she's willing to actually bring herself to say these things to go in. Whereas before, she was like, I've never actually tried this. And with this one, she's like, I've never done it, but it could kill you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's she's badassing this. Yes. She is notching up the badassery. Yes. And she knows what questions she wants to ask now. She's had it. She's like, where is everyone? Yeah, and she's scaring her friends with this. Yeah. 
Like, and I think that's the thing is before, like, her friends were like, I don't know, that's not cool. And now her friends are like, holy shit, Glimmer, are you going to do that? Yeah. And also, like, she hasn't, I also <laughs> feel like she has a lot of, like, tension and energy built up because all day they've been fighting their asses off. Every time she tries to make a move, like, every time she turns around, either Bo or Adora is there to jump in front of her and, like, save her from danger by, like, right. they get the bad guy. They're going to get the bad guy. She hasn't been able to make a move all day. She's frustrated. No. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like and it's so, a combination of those things. Sure. So now she's like in, she has all this pent up energy. Yes. So she's going to go hard yes. on this one guy yes. and yes. terrify him yes. and terrify her friends in the process. Cause they're like, holy shit, you have this in you. Yes. Like we know you had some of this in you, yes. but this is like, what? Yeah. And then she's offended that they believe that she would really hurt him. She's like, I was just scaring him. I wasn't actually going to hurt him. Like, did you right. really think I was going to hurt him? But, like, even as viewers, we're like, we don't know, dude. Like, we'd, we'd love you and trust you, Glimmer, but, like, that was really convincing. Yeah. I was convinced, right? Like, I'm like, damn, Glimmer, you're going in hard. Yeah, here. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, she really, she was really pushing him to tell her more information. And, you know, he finally, yeah. he does tell her. He's like, okay, okay, you know, Katra called back most of the team but i don't know why and she's like well i think you do and he's like no i swear i don't i really don't and that's when Bo and adora show up right and they're like whoa you took things way too far right and she's like well i wasn't actually gonna hurt him did you actually but, think like, i would hurt him so like they're all pissed at each other now right and and um, she uh adora shuts the conversation down well first Bo jumps in and says well why don't we go get some rest and discuss this later Right. And then right, Dora right. shuts it down because she's like, okay, well, you know, the supply line is open, so we're done here. Yep. And, and that Glimmer's gives them like, all permission fine. to just stalk off in opposite directions. Yeah. And, and Glimmer's like, fine. Yeah. You know, the, the mission's over. We're done. Yes. Um, so Bo is fretting. Dora and Glimmer are mad. They all leave without resolving anything. Flutterina and scene. Yes. I'm doing this very silly, like, Yes, I wish people could scene. see you. You know, everyone knows the gesture, the hand gesture that you do to close the scene. Yeah, I'm, like, pulling my fingers together yes. in front of my face and pulling, and yes, then I have, like, yes. one eyebrow up, and it's very silly. The directorial anyway. end scene gesture. Directorial and acting and end scene. Yes. Anyway. is <clears throat> so very pleased. We get one little double trouble blink. What? Just to remind you, in case you forgot that Ben is Glory and Glory is Ben. I have the <laughs> I have the memory of a goldfish. So like, every, what? That's double? No way. That's yeah. not double trouble. No way. No way. Anyway, so Discord. Discord is brewing among our friends. Uh, Discord is a brewing. Yeah, yeah. What what is to become of the squad of best friends? We Meanwhile, do not know. Back in the Fright Zone, we go to Scorpia's secret fun spot, which is her family's throne room. And she the calls horror it, hall. She calls it Horror Hall. Sure. That's yeah. definitely a, a holdover from the old series. Oh, there's I no way that there's no way that is not a holdover I mean, from the I, old I series. Looked, I looked all over for any trivia about this episode and I didn't see that anywhere. Really? But I would love to know if that's the case. Huh. I mean, it sounds like something that would be in it like it does, and it's a pretty metal name for a location. It's a really metal name, and I like it. So, if anyone has information about that name, I would love to hear it. I um, mean, it looks like there's a bunch of like 
like, um, you know, like haunts and stuff that are called yeah, for. Yeah, so there's all these murals but... of all the old scorpion royalty from before the horde came. Yeah. And Scorpia brings Emily in there to hide and she says, mm-hmm. nobody comes here anymore. And she used to hide down here when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um... And, and the know, murals look like the ones that are in all of the kingdoms. Yes. They look like the ones in... It's the same style. It's yes. also the, the... It's the first one's art deco... Yes. ...style, right? So yes. it's and we don't the, even know if this is the first one's style anymore, or if this was, like, the native Ethereum style. Right, but this is, like... It's similar to the style that's in the Crystal Castle as well, though. But like also the, in Bright Moon and everywhere yeah, else. Yeah, no, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. In Bright Moon yeah. and yeah, in... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So... Um, but yeah, it's the style that's everywhere. You know, this very beautiful shaft of light hitting this big mural of the forgotten generations of Scorpion royalty. And there's, again, like sort of similar to the caves under Bright Moon, these little tiny bits of light that are probably supposed to symbolize magic just sort of floofing through the air. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. subtle. They're yes. smaller than the ones that were under Bright Moon, but they're definitely there. Little magic floofs. Yeah. And so Scorpia points out some of the smaller portraits to Emily, and she calls Mm -hmm. them Pointy, Captain Pointy, and the Widow Madam Pointessa. Which she made up, but, you know. I'm just kidding. I don't know their names. Yeah. Um, And so this is, it's cute, but it also shows us that Scorpia has been totally robbed of her family history. She has no knowledge of her own family history. Yeah, I mean, her kingdom was, her kingdom was colonized. Her family, like, her family, in order to appease the colonizers, like, made a deal with them, and their entire culture was wiped out. Yeah, yeah. And so this could be, well, let's go through the rest of the scene first. Let's go through the rest of the Um, scene, yeah. And then they go over to the big mural, and Scorpius shows Emily the biggest and most central figure in the royal Scorpion mural, which is... Her granddad, the king, mm-hmm. who she says was the greatest, even though she has no memories of him. That's just what the horde told her. Right. Okay. Putting a pin in that. Yes. And so. Scorpius says, I have granddad to thank for my opportunities in life. He made the alliance with Hordak. As mm-hmm. part of it, our kingdom gave up our runestone and princess. My granddad must have known I'd be happier as a soldier. And I made friends in the Horde, like you. And as she looks over at Emily, she sees that Emily is looking at another mural of scorpion people that's covered over with Horde graffiti. And Mm -hmm. the music changes ominously in that moment, Mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you have to have an ominous musical cue when you're looking at the Horde graffiti. Right, right. And then Scorpia kind of sighs heavily and admits that things didn't exactly work out for her people. But Granddad stayed loyal till the end because that's what Scorpions do best. Brave, loyal, great hugs. Yep. Damn. Yeah. So. It's rough. Let's go through this a little bit. I mean, like, first of all, heartbroken yeah like i don't want to like gloss over that this is a heartbreaking story yeah of like just a complete culture being wiped out yeah um within like 40 years if if that yeah if that 
if that. We're always shaky on the timeline of Horda yeah, landing. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So that's where I'm questioning here. So uh, Granddad the King is the o- like essentially the only good scorpion, right? Because he because he gave over the garnet and the the princess to Hordak. Mm-hmm. That's why he was the one they talked about as being awesome. Mm. So which princess did he give over? Was it Scorpia's mom? I mean, my interpretation, and this could be wrong and it could be up for debate, my interpretation was that he gave up the princesshood of the kingdom. Okay, that makes sense. He didn't, like, hand them his child. Right. Okay. So that makes sense because that was going to be my next question because he also hands over the the garnet itself. Right. Which means he gave the princesshood and the garnet, which is intrinsically tied to princesshood. Right. Um. To the horde, in hopes that the horde would then have their own princess, and then, or did they have no concept of that? Just that they knew that this was something that was a great power that they couldn't use or they didn't want being used, right? They knew the princesses were an enemy. So was it a neutralizing thing or having their own thing? Because then we have Shadow Weaver coming in and being like, you have one of those big, ugly things you don't use. I can use it. But they had the ability to have someone use it. Right. My interpretation is that, you know, Hordak and Grandpa Scorpion crossed paths early in Hordak's time on Etheria. Mm-hmm. When Hordak was just getting his his Etheria legs under him and figuring shit out. Right. Um, and so Hordak knew that he needed a runestone if he was going to have any power. Right. And he didn't necessarily know what he was going to do with it, but he knew that he wanted it. Right. And so he got it, and he knew that he would need to, you know start eliminating princesses if he was going to get mm-hmm. power. And so he's like, okay, great, one down. And right, then while right. he was dicking around with the runestone, trying to figure out his next moves, that's when Shadow Weaver appeared to him. Cool. So you, so you don't think that he was like, okay, I gotta, I, I'll get rid of the princess, not I will have my own princess as a weapon. No, I don't think that Hordak wanted to have his own princess because if he had, he would have kept Scorpia's moms on the scene. Okay, cool. That makes sense. And then he would be using Scorpia yeah. as a princess. Right. She would as a be, princess. She would right. be the horde princess if right. that were okay, the case. Cool. cool. Okay. I was trying to work that one out. That makes sense. Um, okay. That's cool. my interpretation, but I am definitely no. open to discussion. <laughs> yeah. I, that yeah. one makes the most amount of sense. I just wanted to talk that one out. So. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we get. So I guess that's that's where we are with the with the scorp with the scorpions. I think they have a name that's like the Scorpioni or something. Or <laughs> that would be cool. I know it's um, but they're Italian oh, scorpions. They're Italian scorpions. Yeah, Italian Canadian scorpions. <laughs> um, yeah, and I have wondered a lot, like where are Scorpius moms? Because on the one hand, I feel like they wouldn't just leave their child with the horde. No, and fuck off to Tahiti or wherever. Um, Lesbos. Lesbos. Um, but on the other hand, you know. Scorpius says granddad stayed loyal to the end. Mm-hmm. And so if he was loyal, where, you know, why would Scorpius moms leave and not take their child? And if they well, could they were loyal to the horde too. Like, right? I think they're like, dead, basically. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's 
unfortunately, probably where we're at with this, right? Like, I think they are. They may have died in the war. This is definitely yeah. possible. Yeah. As they may have died in the war the same way that everybody else's parents, you know, either could have or did die in the war. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that they would just leave her like, at the mercy of know, the board. For all we know, they were force captains. Could be. I'm writing a fic right now. I'm like, they were they were force captains together. But if they and... were, I feel like we would have photographic evidence of that. Maybe I don't know. I I I it's think really the thing hard that to know. I mean, the thing that makes they might have died in the war is kind of where I'm going yeah, with that. Yeah. So I feel like it's that's the, probably are, right, and it's vague enough that we don't have to have all the particulars yeah. worked out. Right, they are of that generation that has been fighting. Yes. you know, yes. like so that yes. makes sense. Yes. So let's go with our wild speculation. Yes, and if they had lived long enough to be in Scorpio's life in any meaningful way, they would have told her more of right. her history. Right. But I definitely think that Scorpio's mom's died when she was very young. I agree. Scorpio. So let's stay. So I agree. Scorpio's yeah. mom's died when she was very young, possibly in the war. We don't know what happened to them, but you know, they're, they're not, not there. just off on a beach somewhere. They're not it just up. off on a beach somewhere. They're not in Ibiza. No. They wouldn't do that to their beloved only child. No, they wouldn't do that to their beloved only child. Because scorpions are brave and loyal. And they give great hugs. And they give great hugs. They would be loyal to their baby if they could. Absolutely. And, you know, Scorpio says that too. That just just like her mamas and just like her granddad, the king, she needs to be there for for Catra and tell her about the recordings because she's her friend and... Maybe she won't hurt Emily if, you know, she says, I will. If I ask her. If I ask her not to, you know, because that's, you know, it's a good faith thing, right? Like, I'm loyal and I give good hugs, so maybe Catra will be. holding on to that optimism. And And, Emily uh, uh, shakes her head, which is also her whole body. Yeah. And shows Scorpia the video projection of Catra's final moments within Trapta, the mm -hmm. zapping and sending her to Beast Island. Mm-hmm. And even then, Scorpio continues to defend Catra as she always has, saying she was threatened, she didn't mean it. But yep. then the video continues to play out. Uh huh. Um, to the point where you know Catra is now pointing the zapper at Scorpia, saying, "You want to be next?" And Scorpia is watching it herself. She's actually she has literal distance. Yes. Well, I mean, it's figurative distance, but also, I guess, literal, right? She has time distance, and she's seeing it happen to herself. She's seeing a recording of what Catra did yeah. to her, yeah, saying, do you want to be next? Yeah, she's finally and, taking it in. Yeah, and sometimes you can only see the abuse when you have that external point of, like, point of view. And, like, she saw it. Like, she literally yeah. saw the video evidence of it. Yeah, yeah. So finally, for all these, like, you know, it's been like little bit by bit throughout this episode. And finally, it hits her fully. She says, Katra betrayed her. She betrayed me. And I just let her take and trapped it away. Katra doesn't care. She'll hurt people to get her way. If she knew the recordings were inside of you. But I still have time. I can still be a good friend. 
And then the scene ends with a close-up of the slash marks on Emily's face. Oh. So this is it. This is it. This is Scorpio's big moment. Mm-hmm. The paths have converged. Or not yes. converged. Wait, the opposite of converged. I believe it's diverged. Diverged. Two roads I diverged they... in a yellow wood. Yes, I took the path less catrid. Yes, and that has made all the difference. <laughs> has made all the difference. So... We we go back to Katra, who in in the transcript is described as grunts and paces. Accurate. Which is actually pretty accurate. Yeah, she's, yeah. I wrote that she's pacing like a caged animal. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's real accurate. wound up at this point. She is really wound up. So, and then she sees Scorpia, and you know, no pleasantries. Not even like no business trees. No, it's just you better have something for me. Mm-hmm. And Scorpia hands her some broken piece of metal, yep. saying that this is this is the thing. And, you know, it broke when she extracted it, but hopefully that won't matter. Yep. And, of course, Catch was very understanding and everything's fine, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, no, that's no. actually a damn lie. Yes. But why would anything happy happen in this episode? Yes. No. So Catra, of no. course, completely loses it. Just total meltdown. And this is actually, this is Scorpia's last test. Yeah, this is right? important, though. Scorpia needs to experience this. This is what she yeah. needs to push her out the door. Yep. So she gives Catra this piece of metal and says, the chip got damaged, but hopefully it won't matter. You know. And Catra as- starts to lose it on her and te- says all the most horrible things. You know, I asked you to do one simple thing and you completely ruined it. You know, of course you did. You're Scorpia. That's just what you do. You know, the only thing you ever do is get in my way. What did I expect? How could you possibly be this useless? Like, you know, she's saying it so much more harshly than I'm saying it, obviously. Yeah, she's bad. She's, she's being like, totally over the deep end. Hor- like, horrible friend. Um, and she finally looks up from this rant and realizes that Scorpia is just standing there, like, looking down Again, sort of like an abused dog that's learned not to fight mm-hmm. back. Yeah. And Catra's yeah. like, what? And Scorpia just looks at her and quietly and sadly, but strongly, like there's a strength to it. Yeah. And truthfully, just yeah. says, you're a bad friend. Mm-hmm. And that's all she has to and say. And she turns and walks away. And she turns and walks away. Mm-hmm. And Catra is stunned. Yeah. Her eyes and she does it so wide. Yep, and she does the thing, you know, throughout the throughout this season we see and throughout the rest of the series actually we see kind of Catra's well, throughout the whole series we see kind of Catra's hair as a reflection of her mood and her mental state. Mm-hmm. And for this we see, you know, throughout this season, we see a lot of Catra smoothing out her hair whenever something um shakes her, whenever something kind of Starts to break her from her everything is fine. Yes. Bogus, bogus facade. Yes. Um, yes. And so she smooths her hair down, breathes out, does her everything is fine. And enters the incel sanctum. <laughs> enters the incel sanctum. And Hordak is even more of a bitch to her than she was to Scorpia. The dude sucks. The recordings. Bah. Wow. And then Catra has the broken thing in her hand that she believes is the recordings. 
Yeah. And her hand is like shaking. And then at the last second, she sort of like puts it behind her back and decides that she's not even going to bother. Yep. So she's- she so she lies, too. Yep. And she's like, entrapped and must have taken them. There's nothing. Yep. Yep. And he throws an even bigger tantrum. And, like, and wrecks all his stuff. I gave you an order. Ah, hurt people, hurt people. Right. Blonk, blonk, and so blonks. now this is when Katra gives her villainous speech to Hordak that is just as much to herself. Yeah, this is like the Katra's big projectathron. Yes. So, and she's like, get over it. You know, and is basically the, like, you don't need anybody. You don't need a princess in your life telling you what to do. Look at what you've done without her. You've mm-hmm. built an army, an empire. You and me, we don't need anyone. Yeah. Forget the, and this is like such a villain speech, right? Yes. Forget them all. No one matters. Nothing matters but the mission. Right. right? Like, and then they'll all see. And then they'll all see. Prove yourself. Yes. Prove your worth. And it's like, okay, Catra, we get it. Yeah. This yeah. is like it's you laid so out on extra. the table. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so Hordak like, for once just takes this all in silently without a big reactive outburst. Yeah. Like he must be like really feeling this. He's like, yeah, they will all see. It's like, yeah. I mean, that's how, right? You speak villain to the villain, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah. they will. Like sometimes, that does make sense. sometimes it clashes. It's like two magnets that have the same charge and they, and they push away from each other. And yeah. then sometimes it's just like the perfect thing and they just click and they're like, fuck yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it does make sense. Yes, yeah. vengeance. Vengeance so, is mine. Yes. You know? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> cool. And so he moves some scraps from his work table and uncovers this one data crystal that looks just like the one in his suit that Entrapta gave him. Mm-hmm. As if it's like the missing puzzle piece that he just figured out. I'm not sure what yeah. it is, but it's like I don't I like, don't know what the, the deal thing. is with that. And he, oh, what fuck! It was here the whole time. <laughs> so Whatever. he seems super confident, and he says, "Oh, of course, yes, we will prevail. Give me another day, and I will be ready." And Katra says, "Does that mean I can give the command?" And then Hordak does the the um. It is time. Right? Yeah. It's just like, it's so... They are just, like, feeding so off of each other's, top. like, villainous it, drama right now. villain shit. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. This is probably, like, one of the both of their biggest, like, over-the-top villain shit yeah. scenes ever. Yeah. Like, it's it's really... It's just ridiculous, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And then there's just one more tiny little scene to leave us in an uplifted place. Yeah. Scorpio goes back to Horror Hall... Aww. Where all her, you know, dead ancestors' paintings are. And yep. she sees a little shaking pile of rocks. Yeah. It's Emily. Aww. Hiding under the rocks. Oh, she hugs her. Yeah. They hug. They, I love when you hug. I, I love, love robot they, hugs. Yeah, I love when they hug. You can tell that Emily's hugging back. Uh-huh. Um, Scorpio yeah. says she bought them some time. Katra doesn't know that that was just old junk or that she was lying to her. Oof. And it's so hard for her to say it, that she was lying to Katra. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says there's nothing she could do for Katra, but maybe she can still help Entrapta. So it's time for a super pal duo field trip! And they're leaving the horde. For good. Yeah! You could do it, Scorpia! And they walk out into a beautiful, bright light as we all cry tears of joy. You got this. 
Oh, and I love how the episode kind of begins and ends with Scorpio, with the things that are important to Scorpio and with Scorpio's family. Yeah, you're right. So it's like Scorpio's, it's Scorpio's beginning and Scorpio's future. Yeah. Or carrying on Scorpio's legacy. Yeah, that's a really great way to frame it. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm smart. Well, Jenny. Well, Matt. What did we learn today? We learned that it can be unbelievably hard to walk away from toxic friendships. Uh Uh-huh. But that you are worth it. That you are worth as much as you think your friends are worth. And if Mm. they don't treat you with as much care and love as you treat them, then you are worth more. Fuck yeah! Fuck it can yeah. be done. If Scorpia can do it, yeah, then we can all do it. Fuck yeah! And we all know that Scorpia has more wonderful things in store for her. Absolutely. Absolutely, so which I'm very excited. That. Very excited to get to those. Yeah. Well, folks, if you liked what you heard and you want to leave the Fright Zone with us, you can like and follow us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at HeyAdoraCast, or you can email us all of your love for sweet baby Scorpia at HeyAdoraCast at gmail.com. And rumor has it, going around the Fright Zone, Posted on the halls of Horror Hall. Now we have a Patreon. I've heard that rumor. I've heard this rumor. Can so confirm. if you become, can confirm, if you become a member of the Rebellion, you can get fantastic perks like Discord, bonus episodes, playlists, story hour, Discord community, love, all kinds community. of community. I will kiss you consensually on your hand if we meet. Um, and if that's not what you're into, we can shake hands. That's cool. Hard to top uh, that. But yeah. We're going you know, to be having um, a Patreon group watch of Nimona soon. We're going to be having really a excited. bonus episode about Nimona soon. It's going to be for patrons only. So it's a great time to join. It's a great time to join. And you can find the link to our Patreon as well as the link to this week's Spotify playlist, Princess Scorpia in our show notes or at heyadora.gay. You can always find all of the things at heyadora.gay because that's how much we love you. We are .gay. We are heyadora.gay. Everything we have do is .gay. We are .gay. Mm -hmm. And remember, queer joy is radical. Queer love saves the universe. Ow! Beep, boop, boop. Ha, ha, ha.